This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. So, listener, I think you'll have to put the gauge of whether today's podcast and chat is a success or a failure. Uh, We go into it in great depth. Actually, we could talk for hours on this one. Failure. It's the failure. It's failure. We talk about failure and it's just, it's, yeah. There's so many different ways of approaching it. Yeah. Failure as a parent. You could do so many podcasts on this because, like you said, there's so many different things. Failure as a kid. Yeah. Failure that your kids feel you are. Yeah. Fear of failure. Oh, God. I already feel like I've failed. <laughs> Have a listen, guys. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Mr. Robertson. Good. That's what we used to say at school all Good the time. Good morning, Mr. Robertson. Good morning, everybody. You don't say yeah. it around. It was really strange, Maybe we should start it? doing that in the house. Pull us all yeah. together. So um, <laughs> today I thought, I suggested this during the week, uh, I read an article, came across an article, a number of articles actually, looking at the F word. Not the F word that you say all the time. Oh, Not the F word that I, I, I feel guilty of, of using all the time. But the F word, what I mean by the F word is the word failure. How much of a failure have we been as parents and how much have we failed our kids and how do our children deal with failure? Failure, the word of failure. And I think it's kind of weird that we've gone through 59 to 60 episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent. And obviously we've talked about things we've got wrong, the fears we've got, things we perhaps got right, all those kind of things. But we've never sort of tackled this topic on head on, failure, a fear of failure. And for me, when I was kind of explaining it to Maddie and Carlitos so that they could contribute, I was very much coming from the perspective of, a fear of failure for both us as parents. How are we failing? What is the sense of perfection that we are aiming for as parents? How are we letting our children down? Um, then there's the perspective of how are children in today's society feeling that they're failing? Because we all always assume that we're worried about them failing at A, B, C, and D. But those are our values. And I'd be, I'm going to be really curious to hear what you know, Maddie and Carlitos, where their fears sit mm. around failure. But then this article that I was reading in the week was talking much more about the ways in which we as parents need to let our children fail. Mm. And it's the extent to which we court failure or allow failure and perhaps maybe protect our children a bit Mm. too much from feeling failure. And Mm. and that in itself seems to me an almost third and different Mm. strand to the whole thing. Because there are... Mm. Now, failure is all... I'll shut up in a minute. I mean, failure for me is is all about... (laughs) Failure for me is all about a sense of some kind of perfection. And being a recovery... Failure is all about something. It is, it's always about... I mean, because when you talk about mm. failure, you're, you're measuring whatever it is you're doing against some yardstick that is, is assumed to be the right way to do things. So it always comes from, I think, a position of assuming... And even in this article, which I read, which was talking about, you know, if a kid fails at school, should we blame the teachers and not blame ourselves and all that? And I think we'll get into that. It's really interesting because we've fallen foul of that. We've done precisely that where, you know, we've perhaps targeted the wrong thing when, in fact, what we need to look at is the reality of our situation, I would call it, rather than necessarily the failure of our situation. 
But then, you know, but when I think about failure... I think that's a good way to describe the reality of the situation mm. rather than the failure, because I think it's, it's, it's easy to quickly run, isn't it? Yeah. Right? Because I find a lot of parenting is, which I've done in a state of panic. <laughs> yeah, firefighting, isn't it, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, it's like you said just before we did this, you don't, you don't, it's the only thing, it's one of the biggest decisions and consequences in your life that you have no qualification or training for. It's like doing an MA when you haven't done yeah. the first day in kindergarten. Yeah, exactly. So you're learning on the job. But I do, I do think that this word failure always sits alongside a perception for both us as parents, for them as kids, of some sense of constancy and rightness. And I think it becomes really tricky when you start to nibble at or question, well, what are these rules of rightness that we're measuring, you know, whether we're failing our kids or whether our kids are failing and all this kind of stuff, you know, what are they? I mean, the most classic example, obviously, being education. Um, And I think that's where often this kind of topic finds itself. But in terms of failure, if I was to say to you, you know, your fear of failure, have you, do you feel you failed as a parent? I found this this um, article that that you that you sent to me. I found it oh dear, I found it quite difficult to read actually because right. did I, you not have your glasses on? I didn't shy away from as I read it from where I could see myself. Yeah, and I think that oh. Uh, There was so much in it, there was so much in it that brought up questions for me that I've had anyway, that I've sort of buried away. I think I'm a rescuer. I think I'm a rescuer with everyone I meet, whether it's Mm. partner, friend, colleague. And therefore, why have I thought that that wouldn't be the case for my children? Because it's what I do. It's a big part. It's the enmeshment in my character is that, that I want to rescue. And I think reading this article, though I've been having these thoughts for a good year and a half, actually, dark, scary, alone thoughts of, right. oh, my God, I've done it with my children too. And, I, and I, I, I do rescue my children and I rescue them from failure because I don't want to see them, I have done anyway, rescued them from certain failures because I don't want to see them hurt. I don't want to see them upset. I don't want to... And that is my failure. Luckily, it hasn't impacted too badly on them, though who knows, because we never know what's going to happen in law. Mm. No, no, seriously. They're great kids. But I can see that but that's really by luck rather than, than design, because I think if I had my time again, I would recognise that, of course, the way that I deal with all other humans in my life, why wouldn't I deal with my children in the same way? Why is that necessarily wrong? Because I don't think it's completely wrong, mm. but I think in situations where, and, and, and in this article they talk about that, where there's a discomfort, where you feel a bit uncomfortable. Sometimes I'm a bit uncomfortable to step up, to make them step up to the plate yeah. and I'll let it go rather than make them step. Now, I'm a great believer in not being in constant confrontation with your teenagers and I'm not interested in that at all. Mm. I don't want that atmosphere. I don't want to be that kind of mum. I don't want that kind of relationship. <clears throat> but I think sometimes, personally as a mum, I've tipped too much the other way. Mm. And my fear of failure around with, with the, our kids, yes, we had terrible times at the beginning when both of the girls were in very academic private schools. And I think that we lived in a constant state of fear of failure because we were we were following these these bizarre targets 
that that you're kind of given them from four or five years old in a private school. And if you're not hitting them, mm. then God knows what's going to happen. And there's going to be... and actually Hitting the targets, not the children. Hitting the targets, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually, I like in, in this, this particular article that... Uh, the the author says talks about how in China um, the the sign for crisis because that's what it feels like as a parent, doesn't it? Mm. When you think that your child is failing in something, it feels like a crisis situation. Mm. And she talks about in this article how the sign for crisis is both is both danger and opportunity. Mm. And that's really rung rung with me that because I'm thinking, yeah, because how you teach your child to deal with failures, for want of a better word, and how they then manage those can show them the opportunities when you when you readjust your behaviour. Like, I, if I'm really honest, I tend to, if, if our children come to... Well, not just our children, if anyone comes to me with something that's gone wrong for them, I'm immediately looking for where I'm just on their side. You know, it's that kind of... I think somewhere in me, it's the tribal Arab, right... Who, where do I need to go? What's happened? And what's, that's just what I do. It's my instinct. And we were talking just before we started this podcast, and I said one of my regrets as a parent is I think I needed to read more because I'm such an impulsive, instinctive person. And I thought when I had children that everything was going to come totally naturally to me. I was going to be this earth mother. I was just going to instinctively know the right way for everything. And I don't think that's... That's the truth. I could have. I think I could have learned a lot from people like this. This woman that wrote. Yeah, I well, like a lot of what she says because it made me think about myself. Yeah, we had this conversation just before this, and it, it, it not it didn't verge on an argument, but it verged on becoming quite terse because when you're saying that, I all I see and all I hear in you saying that is a fear that you haven't subscribed to some notional, generic, artificially created middle ground constant of what a parent is. So, no, and, and, no. And, and I, no, 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 and let, let me finish. I, and, my, and my feeling about that is I think, and this is a kind thing that I'm saying, because I think you are unnecessarily critical of a lot of the decisions that you have made. And you've made them, we've made them, based upon as much of a reading of our own life experiences, our own senses of me certainly also having two older girls that have been brought up in a slightly different way, obviously, because I've been absent, for want of a better expression. Um, I think we've made a really good fist of trying to undo some pretty destructive and insufficient parenting that we've both received ourselves in different ways. And I think that, you know, it almost feels like at times, and I say this because I do it myself. It's not like I don't do this, but I'm trying to put myself outside of myself, look at you as a parent, not as your husband seeing you as a parent. Yes, of course, there are some areas in which, you know, we, we've parked the blame for failures or insufficiencies or things that haven't quite gone right outside of ourselves. I mean, we took in the talk in our book and in great emotional detail. And in fact, a shout out to the editor and the publishers of our book who, who really pushed us on this to look at this. And we examined the ways in which when we sent our girls to us, the schools they went to, that the failure, the failure was in us having mismatched them with the wrong establishment that we thought was solving something actually in us rather than in them. And isn't it interesting 
that if that's the reason we sent them to that school, and if that was our failure, say, and say they'd stayed in that school, how many other children do that? How many other children go through that system and aren't pulled out and aren't taken out and aren't rescued, in a sense, from that situation? Those children will, for the rest of their life, be judging themselves on the criteria of success and mm. failure of a system that was never right for them in the first place. Mm. And, you know, I'm going the wrong way around about to sort of say, I get worried about these kind of conversations because I think as soon as you talk about failure as a parent, failure as a child, failure in your parenting or not allowing your children, you, you, you are immediately, whether you like it or not, signing up to some kind of consensus opinion that, you, that I think sometimes we all need to challenge. Well... Yes, but also I think that we have to challenge ourselves. And I think, let's take the word failure out of it because it's such a emotive word, isn't it? But, you know, forks in the road that I maybe now, with hindsight, would have taken a different direction. Yeah. That's all. With more information. Right. Being more informed, with more experience, with yeah. more life experience, with more experience as a parent. It's not... Failure, like you say, it's too big a word. But there's but, never a point of I, perfect but knowledge. But I think I just, no, there, there isn't. But there are some parents that are just instinctively better than others. There and are. I think I thought I was going to be better, I, more able to just feel the right way. I yeah. didn't, I wish, and you know, when you said earlier, it's like you want this kind of middle of the road I can't remember the exact word you used. It, it's not, that's not what I want. But I think I could have been more open to other philosophies around the stuff I did. I think I was just, because I was frightened, because it wasn't all coming naturally, because I was 38 and I'd already had a life of doing everything I wanted whenever I wanted. It was a huge shock to me to be a mother. So why didn't you read the book? It was a massive, massive shock to me. And I I was like, I was just trying to stand up for ages. I've been knocked out from under my feet and I didn't know how to stand up. So I wasn't like, so I thought, right. So it's that case of just hanging on and right, I'm just going for this this way. And I I think part of the reason I didn't really get into books, there is that thing that a lot of people will give you the advice. Whatever you do, don't read the books because you'll read one and give you one bit of advice and you read another bit of advice. Also, I think I had a bit of a romantic idea, a bit like you do with love. We now know we've had... We've been to a number of uh, marriage guidance counsellors in the early part of our relationship. But when, before we'd ever gone to a marriage guidance counsellor, we would have gone, oh my God, anyone that has to go to a marriage guidance counsellor, oh my God, I mean, a relationship that needs work. I mean, you know, love is just love and it should all find its way. And it's an immature, it's, yeah. and, it's, and it's the joy of youth and all of that. And I think I had a bit of an attitude like that to parenting. I thought, Unless it comes naturally. I'd put these huge standards on myself. You know, right from a tiny child, I had felt my maternal instinct. I was always the one. I came from a big, boisterous family with lots of toddlers and babies. And I was always had one on my hip. And everyone would always say how great she is. And Nadia's the one that's Mm. great. These labels that you're given as children. Mm. And so I just grew up going, I'm going to be this really natural mother. It was terrible Mm. with my friends and my sister when they had children. I mean, oh my God, when I look back, I cringe because I was so opinionated. Oh, what you should be doing is this and what you should be doing that. And no wonder your child's like, I mean, honestly. Were you? Oh, I was awful. God, please, I didn't know you. Oh, I was awful. Oh my God. I just thought I knew it all. 
From a position of what? From a position of being the one. Because you don't, you can't understand what it's like when you come from a really big, big family, family sure. where every weekend there's, there's hundreds, of, there's tons of people. You're all you, kind of parenting all the now, time. Now I yeah, yeah, was, I Nadia is the one that's brilliant with children. Right. Then I had this gift of putting babies to sleep and I was called the baby whisperer. Right? <laughs> Quite a sinister, yeah. sinister but nickname. People used to bring me their babies in the middle of the night and go, can you put it to sleep? Because I was How so bizarre. good at like... What, they'd knock on your door at night? Well, these are cousins. <laughs> and so I just had this image of myself. It was ego was involved in there. Mm. That when I have a baby, A, it's not even going to hurt when I give birth. And then after that, I'm going to make all the right decisions. And I'm going to have the most amazing child. If I'm honest, I was naive in the extreme. Wow. That's intriguing, actually, to get an insight into what you... you you'd have been that woman in the pub that really annoyed me who didn't have the children, but you had sort of like jangly things hanging off you and yeah. you looked like you had lots of kids, but you had none. Fucking nightmare. nightmare. So we've, we've, we've talked round about the idea of failure and the sense of failure as a parent and all of that. And obviously, you know, I just want to just a sidebar just for a minute because there's lots of people who listen to these who come from broken homes. And actually, I was just sitting here thinking about it. And I think the sense of failure... I think I feel, um, if I'm honest, and it's only just Do we really say broken homes anymore? So 70s, isn't it? No, I just got, it's funny. We don't hear that anymore. No, no. And actually, when you just said it then, I thought, oh, that would actually, oh, that would sting a bit if I was a a single parent or if I was from a family where parents had divorced, because it doesn't have to be broken. Blended families, from from blended families. Single parenting. I I could see that around it. I mean, these are the terms that were used for me. Yeah, no, it's just funny because I just thought, oh my God, we don't hear that anymore. But if I think, if I think long and hard about it, I feel a massive sense of failure, principally around my two eldest girls. And I would say almost to the point that it's so, it's been so scarring, the sense of failure, and, and so self-fulfilling, my sense of failure, because, because the project of Izzy's and Fleur's genesis into the world of a family with their parent, you know, with their mums, didn't happen. Failures baked into my relationship with them. There was an mm. there was an original failure. That I wonder can, what that would be like for them to hear. Yeah, no, well, yeah, and yet at the same time, you know, I do talk to, uh, I have certainly talked to Izzy a lot about this. You know, the idea that isn't it weird when you look at where your mum's at and where I'm at and the siblings you've got and all of the all of the things that have come since. You know, we were talking to Maddie about this. You know, one can't regret things, but if I, you know, and some of the some of the conversations, some of the realizations, some of the developments in my relationships with Izzy and Fleur now. I feel like I've massively failed as a parent because I've assumed, and this is the lot, this is the difficulty, listeners, if, you, if you're, you know, from a split home or whatever, the absent parent has very limited evidence to work on. And so I've assumed I was all these things. You know, I've assumed that the father I am to Maddie and Kiki is the father I've always been whenever I've seen, you know, Fleur and Izzy. And yet, obviously, it's never been that simple because it's been constrained to a limited amount of time. It's never been that sort of simple because it's often been fraught. Uh, and it's just never been the same because we've never had the time together. We just haven't had the time together. I mean, I mean, many, many times I've tried to sort of almost uh, cumulatively add up the time I've spent with the girls. And it breaks my heart when I think of the, the older girls. And if I think about where I'm at with them both, and I think this is where being a parent is such an ongoing project, even when you're, a, you know, you, they're grown never adults ends. and you're a grown adult. Is you know, some of the conversations I've had with Izzy and Fleur recently, you, you realise I'm still discovering so much 
about their perspective on things. Mm. And I'm still discovering how important it is to say, I failed. I failed at that. I failed well, at this. Not, not in a self-punishing way. You, you almost wouldn't let me say it. And yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I no. don't think you should say that. Well, no, but I mean, this is different. We're talking about parent. I mean, this Why is, is it different? Well, insofar as I've, I've had to make so many assumptions because I haven't been with them for so much. But I think, I think rather like you wouldn't, you, you got uncomfortable with me talking about failure. It's exactly the yeah. same for you. And I don't think, I mean, a couple of years ago, Maddie said to me, Mum, I really wish you wouldn't say you're a bad mum. And I said, oh, why? She said, because what are you saying about me? If you're mm. saying, are you, do you think I've turned out wrong? And I was like, oh, my God. No, 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 no. I think you're amazing. It's just that I, 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 I can see where I've failed in loads of different ways. I know where I failed you. Yeah. But what they hear is that you've got some perception that they failed. If you say... I'm a failure as a parent, then no. you are, by dint of that, saying that you somehow think the child's a failure, which, of course, I know you don't. Well, no, no, no. So that's I, why I you mean, have to be mindful of that language, I think. No, but I think I would, I'd go so far as to say it's been said to me by them, I failed in certain areas. They feel that I failed in certain areas, and I agree with them. And I think as a parent, one's job is sometimes to sit and take, take mm. hold of the truth of a situation rather than sort of batting it away and going, well, no, 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 actually, that's that's, that's not the circumstances. That's not what's actually going on. That's not what actually happened. This is the way it was. Actually, actually... Is it it too harsh for us to call it failure? Or is it as if we go back to the beginning of this conversation that we're on the hoof, we're learning as we go along. It's one of the most difficult jobs and nobody bloody prepares you for it. I mean, when you look at yourself and what terribly difficult childhood you have, you'd had... I think you've been an enormously successful parent, enormously successful, you know, and I think your problem is that you look for perfection and perfection is a fool's gold because there's no such fucking thing. Because if we go back to this article, actually, whatever we, for want of a better word, inverted commas, wherever we failed, what opportunity has come out of that and where we may have feel we've gone wrong, what incredible effect may that have on our children? Yeah. Because when I think about my parents and where I think where they may have gone wrong, um, out of that has built the stronger parts of me. So, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's a patchwork quilt. Yeah, no, but it's, it's interesting, isn't it? You start to sort of walk around the wound that is the word or the potential mm. wound of the word failure and it becomes incredibly, it's like a scab that you only have mm. to pick slightly and it starts to be... I, was just sort of I love all what, these parents that never think about this, friends and why they can't. Oh my god! I never think about it. They really? never question. Well, but yeah, you see, then I think they failed. Everything. I think they failed. So, um, so I mean, some of the things that are suggested in this column. Now, can I also just say to the astute listener now, our really, really, really troublesome and annoying neighbour who seems to strim every minute of every day has started in the background. So if you hear that noise, I do apologise. Um, some of the things that are sort of talked about here is don't be a martyr for your child. Yeah, uh, the that, martyr I found that parenting very role to read. Yeah, so this is like the idea that a child learns that if they they don't have to take responsibility for their ineffective behaviour and they learn that somebody else is going to fight for them. And what that teaches them, that power is what gets them what they want. And Mm. I felt so uncomfortable with that. And also manipulation a bit rather than power. I mean, I suppose that is power. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, what do I want? What do I want from my children? You know, it's changed over the years. You know, we were caught up in the whole highly academic private school thing, right, they've got to get this and what's our ambition? You know, every child has to be ambitious. I think that's most people's idea of success or failure is academic. 
is academic and then how much of that is about you and what you need yeah. your peers to see that you've achieved for your child and actually but also to kind of just add to that how much of that is about your ego well that's what i mean just for you yeah but forget what other people think you're just doing it i want to you know how yeah, many people want to live the life that they haven't lived lived through their child yeah but actually when i boil it all down now with everything that i've learned and and what i really really want my children to have is good character i want them to have a good character but who decides what that is a good <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I know we what you mean. decency is. We all know what honesty is. We mm. all know what kindness, kindness is. is. Yeah. We all know what um, what a sense of community is. Actually, when I really boil it down, that would disappoint me. And maybe, you know, you're not supposed to use the D word. That would disappoint me more than anything if they weren't a good... Joe Biden, all the way through his campaign, talked about character. He kept bringing up character. In right. every speech, he talked about his family's character. He talked about. I thought we don't hear that enough. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. We just lost Captain Tom, and and you know, I was thinking. I've been thinking a lot about him over the last few days, and and what appealed to me so much about he was a person of good character. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, maybe what I wanted for my children was to see them. In a more traditional success, I wanted to see success. Mm. And because that was about my ego, what is the success that I want? And we're too ambitious people. I get less and less ambitious the older I get. And I see the pointlessness of it all. I mean, what is the point of it? But it is all a bit of a false start. But but what I do know as I get older is those with good character, those with crinkly faces where they've laughed and smiled and loved are the people that have had a good life. Mm. And actually, that's what I want. That's my Mm. aspiration. Crinkly lines. Crinkly lines. I can't try to see. Have I got any crinkly lines? Mm-hmm. I've got a few crinkly lines. If I saw them as a bad character, yeah. I would feel like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the major, I mean, just, just, just dragging back, I think you're right. And I agree with you, obviously. I mean, we co parent in the same way. And I mean, those characteristics are just key to me. And it's hard, though, isn't it? Because kids, we've had this problem in our homeschooling journey. You know, it's, you know, you're swimming against the tide. You're saying, you know, regardless of whether Kiki is going to probably take GCSEs and A levels, uh, Maddie isn't, and and yet you look at these routes that they're taking, and the difficulty is, one can holistically and sort of ideologically and philosophically go, yes, this is the right thing for you, but it's the living within the system. The rest of the system demands a sort of cohesiveness, doesn't it? And a sort of you have to almost sort of you have to sort of almost. You have to force yourself to fit in. And if you're any different, it's very easy to always be cast as a failure if you sit outside the system that's been preordained as this is the way you go. And if you don't go this route, you're a failure. And I think the stress that parents are under, the stress that kids are under, is this idea of a fear of failure. And it's such a notional idea. And it's such a sort of artificially constructed idea. And if, if I've said this before, but if there's one thing we can learn from this cataclysmic shit that's happened for the last year and a half is, okay, not to dismantle the system because we have to have functionality within our society, but to be able to let those who want to step outside from it or pursue a slightly different route, allow them to because and not judge them and not castigate them as a failure. Because, you know, I think most parents stress in these homeschooling environments at home is how are they failing their kids? How are they failing yeah. to get the information into their kids? How are we failing? It's failure, failure, failure. Schools are worried about failing and not getting on the right bloody mm. Well, we keep hearing, tables. don't we, how children's education is ruined, it's how they're going to fail in life. 
How's it then? They're going to be the underprivileged. Yeah. It's just shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking. Labels. We really, we have to all be so mindful yeah. of the labels we give our children. But the, we all do it. But the big word that, that I think comes up. We need up, to do a podcast on that. Actually. Yeah, we do. Labeling the, children. Labeling children. Yeah, labeling types. Uh, the big word that comes up in all of this, though, is discomfort. We don't like seeing our children feel discomfort. No, and I because think, we feel it. Well, exactly. But, you know, it's the lengths to which we all go to. And I suppose you could argue this is where the snowflake generation t- titles come from, is that we mollycoddle, we protect. We, it makes Way us, more than our parents way do. Way more than I our do. parents way do. Way more. My mum's like, oh, well, don't be silly. What do you mean your legs come off? Of course Shut it up. does. Yeah, just get yeah. on with it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I've never, ever, 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 ever said to them, "Get on with it." No. And well, no. And you know, <laughs> your face is that. Is that how we failed them? <laughs> I think perhaps we have. Because but we it's not say that all people. Excuse me, I just belched no, in the middle of a line. No, they don't. Not all people do, because plenty of people I know go, "Oh, I just wouldn't care at all." I'd say to them, "Get on with it." Not interested. But can I say, I can can think of some of those parents. I don't like them. (laughs) I think they're pretty hard, cold people. And they're also, but there is that element, though. They're also the kind of people we wouldn't naturally be drawn to. I mean, obviously, you've got to prepare your kid for the fact. I mean, you know, there's this other idea that also, because we've gone a different route, it's not like, I was reading, the the article goes on to talk about, you know, if they lie about their homework or if they don't deliver their homework. It's very practical and that sort of stuff. We've had that. I remember telling Maddie off (laughs) off terribly about the fact that she'd forgotten her homework and slipped it in a bag and all this kind of stuff it never happened again so i think we are capable of stepping up to that plate when we need to within a system that demands it of us it's just that sometimes i think we should be allowed to question the received wisdom coming from everywhere because I don't, just because it's the way it's done doesn't mean it's the right way to do it i do think well, that's one of our children i've asked them to clean the upstairs bathroom every day yeah the, no about three or four times in the last two weeks the last two weeks right and they haven't done it, and I just keep leaving it. Right. But you know, eventually, when I say you've really let me, you've really, I've been watching how you haven't done that, even though I've asked you to do that every time. I'll make sure I'm and out really when you do let that. Down. Okay. Now that's very interesting because you. No, I'm saying can't that's a joke. Bear it. No, I can't bear it. Okay, I, I know I. But blister. that is wrong, isn't it? Of course because, it is. Because of course we it's both wrong. work incredibly hard. We yeah. don't have any help in this house. No. And it bores the shit out of me yeah. doing it all. Yeah, of course. And. It's it's easy. Problem, the problem. Many hands make light work. I, and it's I, easy, and I should be saying that more often, like like good mums do. And I don't because I don't like the discomfort and the feeling of oh she's yeah, going on. I totally agree. I was a good teen. I was a good teen. I was a kind teen. I had a long term girlfriend. I wasn't the mess that I became. I wasn't you know harried by addiction. I was you know given everything. I was a very well behaved teenager. But if my mum said to me, "You've got to clean the kitchen three days a week," I think I would have come close to killing her. I would have come close to What if she it. said, I'm going to pay you a full wage? Well, okay, that's Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I've never, I never asked the girls to clean the kitchen never. without paying. Well, no, obviously after dinner they do. After dinner they yeah, do. Yeah, of course. But of if course. I'm asking for an extra massive yeah, deal, an extra I'll house give them a team. bit of pocket money. It's yeah, no, money. No, I know, that's fine. And well, it's good to earn pocket money. And let's have, let's have a little listen to Maddie's uh, contribution, shall we, about failure. I think fear of failure is definitely... A big thing for most people. I feel like it's wrong that failure is put in such a negative light because I am one of those people that think that that thinks that failure is important because I mean, if failure didn't exist, then success would wouldn't 
either. <laughs> you can only have success if you've if there's failure, you know. Um, but I feel like, especially academically, um, failure is always used as a negative thing, and I think there's a difference between making mistakes and failing as well. Um, I always felt at school that I was a failure academically um, just because of the way teachers made me feel or other kids that were smarter than me in those departments. Um, and I definitely, throughout my whole time at school, always felt like I was a failure uh, and in a bad way because I thought being a failure was a bad thing. And I think also there is a big difference between being a failure and then being someone that fails at some stuff, if that makes sense. Um, and I don't think I'm a failure as a person, but there are definitely many things I fail at. <laughs> um, I think it, I, it, I let it get to me a lot more when I was younger than I do now. I don't really think much about being a failure, and I think a lot of that comes with being home-educated, and that's a really positive thing. Um, but I also think that social failure is quite important as well. A lot of people feel like they fail socially. I don't feel like... I don't think I've ever really felt that way socially because I, I am quite a social person, and I've never seen myself as failing socially. I, yeah, maybe I've embarrassed myself... Well, I've embarrassed myself a lot, but I wouldn't say I've failed or feel like a failure socially and in friendships um but I feel like school definitely and a lot of parents put a lot of pressure on their kids on not being failures and it I think it's just a really destructive thing for children to hear too often um I do think it's really important to be able to fail and schools should make that more heard you know because I was never told that kind of stuff at school I think schools just want every child to be perfect and exactly the same there's no room obviously this doesn't go for all schools there are some great schools but I'm just talking about my experience um I just feel like so many schools just try and make everyone perfect and try and make everybody the same and they just want everybody to also, the problem that I always had with schools, I never really felt like the teachers wanted us to succeed for ourselves. They wanted us to succeed so that they looked like a good school. So it never felt like it was something we had to do for ourselves. And I think that success is something people should feel like they're doing for themselves, if it makes sense. Like, oh, I want to succeed so that I'm proud of myself, not, oh, I should succeed so I make these people look better. Um, which I think schools teach, a lot of schools teach their kids. Um, and, yeah, uh, I think it is important to know that failure doesn't just come academically or with, like, winning stuff. It can be, you know, in social situations or, like, with your mental health. Um, I definitely think, yeah, I fail with my mental health and my physical health. Um and, but like I said, you can only succeed at things if you failed at them. And success, a lot of the time, comes with time. Uh, I think those are things I'll get better at as I get older. 
but yeah I just I think it's important it would be important for failure to be talked about more often and to be talked in a more positive light obviously I'm not saying people should be like um oh yeah be a failure so that you know it's just more that if people do fail at something it's not the end of the world and it shouldn't be like oh my god you failed you're not going to be able to do this now it's just me like oh you failed that's good now that means you can succeed you know um but yeah I think people need to be careful because being called a failure can be a very destructive thing for anyone to hear and but especially young people you know what? Every time mm, I hear, really love that. I love that. Every time I hear Maddie talk, I am reminded of what a success her homeschooling has been. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm going to pat myself <laughs> hopelessly on the back. And no, no, really, no, no, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm patting her on the back. She's a very, she actually, she's a very she actually, considerate and thoughtful. She actually condensed there what that article that we yeah, read yeah, today, yeah. where <clears> she <throat> said, you know, out. Let's make failure a positive thing because yeah. how we learn to fail is how we learn to succeed. And she said a really important thing about schools' approaches and the system. Let's use school mm. and the system as one and the same thing. There is no wriggle room or like the suspension mm. of a car. There's no space or tolerance for us to, to court any amount of failure and you need to factor in failure for success now of course well, no, there is I, I failure thought we were going to say what was really interesting it's funny it was that she said she wants to feel that she's doing it for herself yeah yeah and no, that not too yeah for yeah the establishment well i thought that was a really which, intriguing which for me that's my as a homeschooler mm. that's what you want to hear more yeah. than anything else isn't it you want to hear yeah. and this is why universities do take some children that don't have A-levels yeah. and GCSEs. They do take some homeschool kids because they want that very line, which is, I am doing this because I love it. I'm doing this because I want to succeed in this. And yeah. it's got nothing to do with grades or, yeah. or, or the establishment. So, But that's my point. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that she said, it was a two-pronged thought, is that, you know, the system doesn't allow failure, doesn't tolerate failure, doesn't recognise the importance of failure to get into the next place. Because once again, what is success? Well, I would argue, I would argue... Like she said, she corrects I would argue that success is failure. Yeah. Success, And yeah. of course, there are many teachers mm. that, that, of course, uh, employ that philosophy. Mm. I think she's talking about her own experiences. Yeah, yeah, she absolutely. She wasn't given that, and of course... There are many good schools and teachers that totally recognise that. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so just before we hear from Carlitos, I just want to share, it reminded me of Samuel Beckett's famous quote that <laughs> I love the fact that it inspires entrepreneurs today. Try again, fail again, fail better. Mm-hmm. The idea being, you need to keep failing. Fa- we well, need listen, a failure led society, not a success led society. When the, when the kids first came out of school, do you remember how I banned them from saying, I'm not any good at that? Yes. Oh, I'm rubbish at that. Or, i.e., I'm a failure at that. Yeah. I said, You're not allowed to say that. The only thing you're allowed to say is, I'm still learning that. Yeah. I still, I still, I'm, I've got, lo- I've got, I've got, the most you can get, clo- the closest you can get saying, I'm a failure is, a, I've still got loads to learn on that yeah. one. But just don't say it's a failure is just such a negative word. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's have a listen to Carlitos, shall we? Yeah. I would say that my friends consider me as very confident and outspoken at times, but I have totally had the experience of failure before. Um, You know, it happens to everyone. Um, 
Um, but what I do is I use it as a learning experience and I, I pick myself up and just carry on. Um, because you remember everyone feels like they've failed at times. We all do. Um, a lot of people I know are afraid of failure or, or that, that sense of failing. Um, it's, it's human nature. It's normal to feel that way. And I think when we try something outside of our comfort zone, you know, you feel scared and, and we literally feel like we're going to die if we, if we, you know, don't get it right. Um, but I don't think failure in any aspect is massively bad because you can adapt it and learn it to literally use failure to your advantage instead of fearing it. Um, I mean, no one enjoys failing. I, I, no one enjoys it. But it can teach you to learn from your mistakes so you can do better. I mean, okay, here's, here's an example. Um, I did my mocks my mock exams in February a year ago, so before my GCSEs were supposed to happen. And I tried my absolute hardest in these mock exams. I knew, I felt like I wasn't going to get a good grade. I, I kind of expected it. Um, but I, I tried my absolute hardest, not because I wanted a good grade, but because I, I wanted to know exactly what level I was at. Um, so... I wasn't afraid of getting a low mark, so I wasn't afraid of failing. And when I didn't get the best grades in those mock exams, I, I used, I'd switched, I flipped the switch and I used it to my advantage. I knew exactly what level I was in in each subject. And so I knew exactly what I was okay at and what exactly what I had to work on in order to succeed. So I used it as a learning curve and I, um, I tried really hard in all lessons from that point on. And all my teachers actually noticed, you know, they said, Carlitos, I've noticed that you're really, really trying in these lessons and you're really engaging more and you're really, you know, interacting more. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. So, yeah, so it was good that they picked up on that. And then when GCSEs were actually cancelled, um, when we went into lockdown in March last year and we got our grades, I, I passed every single subject that I took. So... You know, back to the point, it doesn't have to be failure that people fear um, socially, emotionally, academically, etc. You know, it could be the negative consequences that follow that failure and stresses them out. So you have to just, like, readjust your thinking, I think. Um, like I did, I, I like a learning curve. You know, you failed, you've tried your best, you know exactly what you need to work on now. Try in those aspects and it'll be all right. It's not a step backwards. Um, it's actually a step in the right direction. And I think someone who has failed in something before has now gained knowledge and perseverance. And, and when I, when I don't, like, when I fail in things, I, I, um, use it as a learning curve and I, I know exactly what needs to, what I need to work on from then on. Um, and it just, it just, every time I fail at something, it just pushes me to want to succeed more. So it pushes me to try harder. It pushes me, it pushes me, it pushes me. And then when I finally get it, it's just the greatest feeling. You know, when I finally got my good grades, I got, I, not only did I pass, I got high grades. Um, because I tried, I pushed myself. Um, and so I think because I pushed through, I really got what I wanted. So I think, um, it's not necessarily 
the failing aspect that people are really afraid of. I think it's it's more what comes after. You know, if if the, if I fail this, then this happens. This happens. This happens. If I if I don't pass, then that means you know driving test. If I don't pass, that means I can't drive. If I don't pass my test, that means I can't do this. You know, or, or school. If I don't pass, if I don't pass. That means I can't go on to do that. I think it's just the consequences that follow after that people are more afraid of. I don't think it's the actual, you know, failure that people are afraid of. That's intriguing. So, I mean, it, it's the sort of, it is, it's the narrative, it's the system, it's the consequences, isn't it? it? It's the whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, the quote that you love. I mean, it's that, you know, it's intriguing though, isn't it? That, I mean, a lot of what Carlitos is saying there revolves and pivots around education. And exactly. pivots around exams, and 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 you know, absolutely brilliant what he's achieved, and he's turned what he senses as failure to his his better ends. Um, but it's it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? That there are sort of you know, if you to to think retrospectively about how we've parented or how we've lived in any way, and call it a failure is to live with regrets because you're retrospectively mm. saying, "I wish I hadn't done it like that," or "I could have done it." Mm. Failure. Actually, if you say, well, I've learned quite a lot from precisely. That. Yeah, learned a lot from that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we, we tend to, in our culture, we tend to think of failure as an absence or a lack of knowledge, whereas actually it's absolutely an opportunity. It's too, too binary thing. You failed or you succeeded. Exactly. Like, we do that so often, too yeah. often in life. Do, do you think we failed or succeeded with this chat? I think we're learning. We're learning. Mm. We're learning. Okay. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that's it for this episode of confessions of a modern parent if you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today we'd love you to get in touch and use the hashtag confessions of a modern parent if you want to find me on twitter it's at nadia sawala and on instagram it's at nadia sawala and family and if you fancy getting in touch with me it's at mark underscore adderley thank you so much for listening if you like the show please subscribe rate and review tell your friends and get involved and you can hear more episodes of confessions of a modern parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>